Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today with four running backs you should be avoiding in 2022 fantasy football drafts. I made an appearance on the Fantasy Pros podcast a couple days ago, and that is live right now. But basically, for those of you guys that didn't see it, I'm going to kind of rehash it here with some you know, added flair or whatever. We're not quite in the redraft season yet, but we are dipping our toe in. We're in the month of July now. Um, this should be coming out July 3rd. So um, happy Independence Day to those of you guys that are American tomorrow. Uh, Canada Day was a couple days ago for us in, in the uh, Great White North. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. And I know you're thinking it before we hit the intro, there's going to be some older running backs that I talk about in this video today. So without further ado, let's hit it. First guy that we're going to talk about in today's video, and I did not talk about this guy on the Fantasy Pros appearance, so this one's 100% fresh for you, is Aaron Jones, running back from the Green Bay Packers, running back nine off the board right now, 17.4 overall on Underdog Fantasy. And if you guys want to check out Underdog Fantasy, get some best ball drafts going, promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit will get you 100% back on what you put in. But this is a steep price to play, pay for Aaron Jones. In my opinion, a 27-year-old running back in a split backfield in an offense that just lost their best receiver is too steep of a price to pay a top 20 pick and a top 10 running back on. Aaron Jones just had back-to-back -back MVP caliber quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers has won the MVP the last two seasons, and Aaron Jones did not finish as a you know top three running back, 20-plus PPR point-per-game league-winning season that we want to see from our running backs that we draft very early. The common narrative that flies around with Aaron Jones that everybody likes about him this year and why people think he's a great value is that Aaron Jones has seen 6.71 targets per game in games without Devontae Adams since 2019. So many people will point to the fact that he might be in line for a bigger receiving workload without Devontae Adams on the team, and that's fair. However, number one, this is a small sample size. It's only seven games, and it's not like these games occurred in a row at the end of a season when Devontae Adams went down or anything. They happened sporadically throughout the three seasons that we're looking at. And number two, and most importantly, in my opinion, Aaron Jones has seen 4.25, 4.5, and 4.33 targets per game the last three years that he's been the starting running back for the Packers. And he's in year six of his NFL career. It's the same coaching staff. It's the same quarterback he's had his entire stretch as being the starter. I doubt his role or his target share changes very much. And I would also argue that the departure of Jamal Williams last offseason probably should have led to him increasing his target share last year. Jamal Williams left behind, as you guys can see on the screen, a bigger receiving role than the one that A.J. Dillon inherited as the secondary back in this offense. Yet Aaron Jones's numbers, his route participation, his targets per game, and his target share all decreased from last year. On top of all of this, we have A.J. Dillon, who is a third-year running back. He started to run more and more routes and command more targets as the season went along last year. So it's possible that Devontae Adams leaving has an effect on the running back target share of the team. 
But in my opinion, I think A.J. Dillon's receiving role is the one that increases more rather than Aaron Jones, because I think Matt LaFleur and the Packers coaching staff want Aaron Jones in a specific role because A.J. Dillon is a young ascending back who took a step in his second season. Aaron Jones is a 27-year-old running back who just recorded negative fantasy points over expectation for the first time in his career when historically he's been very, uh, very, very efficient. So I don't think Aaron Jones is a bum, but I think the issue is that his only path to an elite running back season is a high, high number of targets. And I won't draft a running back in the top 20 picks where he's currently going unless they have that high ceiling. Two to three targets per game on top of his career high 4.5 is what needs to happen for Aaron Jones. And I just don't personally think it's likely. He's in a split backfield. He's splitting goal line work. He only had 171 carries last year or just 11 per game. And yes, the offense is led by Aaron Rodgers, but it's an aging Aaron Rodgers who just lost his best receiver. Is it possible that he gravitates towards Aaron Jones because he trusts him? It's definitely possible, but this offense has ranked top two in the NFL in offensive DVOA the past two seasons. Losing Devontae Adams is going to make their offense less efficient, and Aaron Jones has thrived off of efficiency and touchdowns the past few years. So if Aaron Jones doesn't get six to seven targets per game, which again would be two to three targets more than his career high, he's going to disappoint in fantasy. So in my opinion, his ceiling is capped at like RB seven to 10, which is fine if that's what you're looking for. But for me, with all the risk involved, I'd rather take a receiver that has a high ceiling like CeeDee Lamb or Mike Evans or some of the tight ends that are going in that area of the draft, some of the other wide receivers that are going there, or Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette at running back because I do believe that those three guys have higher ceilings. So not necessarily that I hate Aaron Jones this year. I think he should be a mid to late third round pick, though. I think he's going a little bit too high for my liking, and I'm not going to end up with a ton of him on my redraft rosters or on my best ball teams. Now, number two on this list is Dalvin Cook, running back from the Minnesota Vikings, running back six, 10th overall off the board right now. And at that price, he's going to be one of my biggest fades of the entire season. My issue with Dalvin Cook is that his outlook this year almost perfectly mimics the outlook of 2021 Ezekiel Elliott. And if you guys were following the channel, that was a big divisive topic between me and Danny last year. I conducted a study, if you guys were following in the offseason, on this channel, figuring out when formerly elite running backs, multi-time RB1s like Dalvin Cook fell off from an efficiency and injury and a fantasy point standpoint. And I'll link that video in the description down below. But the fall off ended up being 27.3 years old and 1100 career touches. Dalvin Cook will be 27 in a month and he has 1200 career touches with over 1000 of those touches carries over the last you know several seasons that he's been an elite running back. Plus, we have a player in Dalvin Cook who hasn't played more than 14 games in his entire career, and that won't be aided by the fact that he has all this mileage under his belt. And finally, the biggest reason why I'm fading Dalvin Cook at his current price right now is that his efficiency fell off last year, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. He has been one of the most efficient running backs in the league because he's very good, obviously. Tops in the league in yards per touch, tackles avoided per attempt, yards created per touch in 2019 and 2020 when he finished as an elite fantasy running back. 21st last year, 27th in uh, tackles avoided per attempt and 39th in yards created per touch in 2021. This is the type of dude that we should see the fall off coming, right? When you look at these efficiency numbers, it's what I said about Ezekiel Elliott last year. Danny didn't want to believe me, but I ended up being correct about that one. Fantasy points over expected last year for Dalvin Cook was negative for the first time in his career. And again, this has been a dude that has historically been very, very efficient. So despite the, the past production that we've seen with Dalvin Cook, despite the touchdown upside that he definitely has, I don't think all of these risk factors are baked into his current price tag. There's no need to take an unnecessary risk, in my opinion, when there are absolute superstar wide receivers going around Dalvin Cook. I would rather take Devontae Adams. I would rather take Stephon Diggs. 
So for me, this is all about his current price. He's going in the first round still, mid to late first round, might even go a little bit higher for those of you guys in home leagues. And the difference between a guy like Derrick Henry, who I, I'm okay with drafting, and Dalvin Cook is that with Derrick Henry, we did not see that big time fall off in terms of efficiency. In fact, Derrick Henry was the most efficient he's ever been uh, this past season. So even though he's older than Dalvin Cook and has more touches than Dalvin Cook, we didn't see that efficiency drop off. So for all those reasons, I'm probably out on Dalvin Cook this year. The path is definitely there. He could have a lot of touchdowns, a lot of carries, but the risk factor is something that I'm going to be steering clear of this year in fantasy football. Number three on this list is Ezekiel Elliott, RB17, 38.2 overall. He will probably go a lot higher than that in home leagues right now. Uh, I know home league ADPs like Sleeper and Fantasy Pros still have him as like a second round pick, which to me is a little bit ridiculous, but the argument is pretty much the same for Ezekiel Elliott. His play has fallen off over the last two seasons. He has nearly 2,000 career touches under his belt. The elite opportunity share that Ezekiel Elliott has seen the past you know, seasons of his career, over 70% opportunity share in every season up until last year, plummeted to 57.7%. And a lot of factors kind of played into this. The fact that he was injured, the fact that Tony Pollard's opportunity share has been slowly increasing every year. But that number was right around Devin Singletary and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, guys that we don't think of as workhorse running backs, but many people still think that Ezekiel Elliott is a workhorse because he's been that the last couple of seasons. We saw that number drop last year. The ceiling projection for Ezekiel Elliott is that he is a touchdown or bust RB2, like Todd Gurley was in Atlanta in 2019 before he fell off a cliff. And I don't draft RB2s in the first few rounds of fantasy drafts. If I'm drafting a running back early, they better have an elite ceiling. And I don't think Ezekiel Elliott does anymore. Even if he doesn't get injured, an injury is definitely likely for him, given the amount of touches that he's had in his career, the fact that it's caught up with him the last two seasons. He's likely going to be inefficient before anybody comments down below, because I know somebody's going to do it, that he was a top eight running back before he ended up getting injured. I'm aware that he was pretty good before he got injured. But what I'm saying is that expecting him to be a bounce back candidate, given his advanced workload and age is like a 5% chance of happening. So yes, he was solid when healthy last year, but it's likely that he deals with something again this year because the amount of touches that he has because of how old he is. And on top of the fact that he has Tony Pollard breathing down his neck, he has a decreased workload since this past year, low efficiency, loss of explosiveness, all that kind of stuff plays into the uh, fact that I will draft a wide receiver where Ezekiel Elliott is going, or I'll draft a different running back that is younger, that has less touches under their belt, like Cam Akers, like Travis Etienne, or somebody like that. So Ezekiel Elliott on my do not draft this uh, list this year will not be touching him in the third, fourth round. And like I said, he'll probably go even higher than that in home leagues. So final running back on this list is Nick Chubb. Running back for the Cleveland Browns, RB12, 25.5 overall off the board right now. So this is a guy that's still going quite high, often labeled as a guy that may be bust-proof or a very safe pick by a lot of other fantasy analysts that I've seen. I asked those people why. Why is Nick Chubb bust-proof or a safe running back? Because to me, a safe running back could mean one of two things. Number one, it could mean a volume play like Najee Harris, for example, or it could mean a player who's really good at football and a great offense like Austin Eckler, for example. Nick Chubb has neither of those things in his profile. Obviously, this completely hinges on the status of Deshaun Watson, but by all indications, it looks like Deshaun Watson will not suit up for a single game for the Cleveland Browns this season. And if that is the case, I will not be drafting Nick Chubb, period. Now, it's possible that if that happens, Nick Chubb's ADP falls a, a good amount, and some people are aware of that. But Nick Chubb, the, the reason that he's going to still go high is because he's been a solid RB1 the past few years with three top 10 finishes and points per game. But the issue for Nick Chubb has always been that he doesn't have a large share of his backfield due to the presence of Kareem Hunt. We now know that even if Kareem Hunt gets injured, which happened last year, he won't get a big workload and that's going to limit his ceiling. I know I personally thought when Nick, uh, when Kareem Hunt went down last year, I was like, oh man, 
Kareem Hunt's hurt. Nick Chubb's about to be the best we've ever seen from Nick Chubb. But nope, the Browns staff decided to still preserve Nick Chubb and his original workload and use the Ernest Johnson. Nick Chubb's best season came in 2020 with an RB7 finish in points per game. Again, RB7 is nothing to write home about. It didn't win anybody any fantasy leagues. And not shockingly, the reason he was able to finish RB7 is this coincided with the Browns being a top 15 scoring offense, the highest scoring offense that they've been in Nick Chubb's entire career. If Deshaun Watson is suspended the entire year, or at least suspended 6, 10, 12 games or something like that, I expect Jacoby Brissett to be the quarterback of the Browns, which will likely lead to the worst offense that Nick Chubb has ever played in in his career, which is already going to limit his already low ceiling due to his workload. So his only path, if he were to eventually have a 20 plus point per game type of season, the only way that Nick Chubb can get there is a high amount of touchdowns, which is not likely given the fact that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the quarterback for the Browns this year. I don't draft floor plays at running back, which like I said, he doesn't even really have a high floor. Running back is inherently a high variance position that is prone to injuries more than any other position in fantasy football. If you want a safe pick, in this area of the draft, the early second or the late second round, early third round, draft a wide receiver like Mike Evans, draft CeeDee Lamb, draft Keenan Allen, draft AJ Brown, draft somebody like that. If you're looking for safety, do not draft a running back like Nick Chubb in this area of the draft. So if you guys enjoyed this video at any point, as always, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Like I said, just dipping our toe into the redraft scene with this video. Uh, we're going to get into a lot more redraft content as you know, training camps open. Obviously, we'll still have you covered for a lot of Dynasty stuff. Stay tuned for tomorrow's video. I know it's a holiday for a lot of you, July 4th, but uh, what makes a league-winning running back is definitely one of my favorite videos to make every year. Uh, what makes a league-winning wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end will also be dropping in the uh, sequential Mondays for the rest of July, so make sure you guys stay tuned to those videos. Those give you a, a perfect insight into you know the ceiling and floor of every running back and wide receiver going in the top like 24 picks of ADP, so it helps you uh, make informed decisions in that area of the draft. So like I said, if you want to take this advice into action, go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit to get hundred percent back on whatever you put in best ball mania, three bulldog, all uh, puppies going to be coming for the rest of the summer. Make sure you are on underdog fantasy. It is the single best way that you can win some money. Number one and number two, get ready for your home league drafts that I know many of you guys are tuning into this channel to get an edge in. So uh, with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.